All right, welcome everyone. Uh, here again, wherever, whenever, however, whichever uh, you are listening to this, uh, God's blessings to you this day. And uh, this is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. And um, God's blessings to you this day as we uh, continue on in our live catechism, small catechism live series. Today we discuss the third use of the law, the third use of the law. Uh, let us begin in a word of prayer. Dearly Father, O oh Lord, we, we thank you for your very word, the word that not only convicts us, but also comforts us and leads us as you are, as your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Bless us, O oh Lord, in our study today and grant us great joy knowing full well that the burden of the law has been lifted and that you give us the great joy to love and serve in your holy name. For all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Oh, well, let us begin here. Um, and today we're going to talk about the third use of the law. The third use. So last week we spoke about briefly about the first use, about the, wor the world, the curb, uh, keeping the civil in order. Uh, we went at great lengths last week about the second use of the law. If you missed that, please go back to it. It's in our archives on the YouTube page. But the second use of the law, as we see right here, uh, shows us clearly uh, the, the mirror. And when we speak of the second use of the law as mirror, uh, the law shows us, at the end of the day, our sin. Uh, the law shows us our sin and definitely the need for repentance, right? We see these, uh, the second use of the law in the Bible verses here. 1 John, if you have your Bible out, uh, please follow along here. 1 John 1, 8 to 9, and it says right here, and if you just want to listen, that's great too. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The, the law shows us our sin. And, you know, when we speak of our sin, um, and, and according to the law, uh, we very well know that the law shows us that we cannot merit um, our way to God, that even our most righteous works are like filthy rags, as it says in Isaiah 64. Uh, but the law really does show us and crushes us and shows us that we have the inability to justify or save ourselves. And... Um, but rather, the law shows us what? I think that's the thing. The law shows us the call to repentance. Why don't we all turn uh, to Second Peter real quick? Second Peter three nine. And here we see. This word. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, 
not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Repentance. Remember, the law shows us our sin. Repentance is not a work. It's not what you do, but it's in this life of faith, as a law is written on your heart, as you live under the name of the Lord, second commandment, hallowed be thy name, baptismal name, fear not, I've redeemed, I've called you by name and you are mine, Isaiah 43, sorry, I kind of messed that one up. But it's in this name that we live under, in this posture, as we live under his name, the law is written on our hearts, and when we do sin, what happens? We repent. Two parts to repentance, contrition, and faith, right? Contrition means godly sorrow. That when we sin, we're actually sorrowful because we've sinned against God and also neighbor, right? We've failed to fulfill the demand that God has called upon us in his commandments, and therefore we are sorrowful. We, we know that we live in front of God, and, and therefore we are con- contrite. We have sorrow. We confess our sins, and there in faith... We rest on the forgiveness that Christ gives to us. Right? In faith, we trust in this Holy Scriptures and what the Word made flesh Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. So the law shows us again, uh, as we go back to 1 Peter, if you have your Bible out, uh, or 1 John, sorry, and we see right there, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, confessing our sins, the call to repentance, the Lord is patient, uh, and he does not want anyone to perish, but to reach repentance, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So when we, when we speak of God's word, uh, the law definitely does accuse. The law crushes. But the law doesn't leave us there to figure it out on our own. But rather, by the word of God, by those words of absolution, by those words of forgiveness, there we rest in the words of Christ, knowing that indeed uh, we are forgiven of our sins. All right. So in this joy of the gospel, knowing that we are the redeemed, purchased and won for by the blood of Christ as the ransom payment, our Lord uh, stood in your place and forgives you of all your... This is who you are right now. Remember, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think this really does... Uh, I think the trip up here is a lot of people think the commandments are something that we that we have to do to prove to God uh, or, or to assure ourselves and our consciences that we are right with God. No, assurance comes right here and only here. Right. It says right there in Romans three, if you could turn to it real quick, Romans three, twenty eight. And it says right here, Romans three, twenty eight. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. For we hold that one is justified, that is declared righteous 
by faith. Remember, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, faith is a gift, right? Grace through faith, right? Not your works, but a gift. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So the law does show us, and I think this is the misconception about the law, is that, you know, we have to do this. Um, We have to, uh, to reach that echelon, right? To reach that level of righteousness or that holiness. And if we've just done enough, then we are assured and we tell ourselves that we are right with God. And that's not the case. Actually, the law says we can't, that we cannot reach that echelon, that we aren't right with God by our own works, that we fall short to the glory of God, Romans 3. So, in this call to repentance, we confess our faith, we confess our sins, and there in faith we, we, we trust in those words as we hear it in confession and absolution. We hear it when we hear the preached word. Remember, the sermon is great. Why? What's happening there? It's the forgiving office, right? You hear the law in the sermon crushing you, but then you're not left there. Uh, the pastor doesn't say, well, now go do more. No, he gives you Christ. He gives you the gospel. He gives you the full milk and honey, the, the, the sweet Sound in the sweet word, the honey of the gospel in the blood of Christ. Now, in this joy, we have reached the third use of the law, right? The law as guide. Now, I think we, we really want to keep it simple here. In a sense where what we speak of... Um, our Father who art in heaven, right? As we pray that. Remember that in order for us to pray these very words, it is a gift of faith that God gives to you. But also that our Father, what that really means is that as you pray it is, he sent me his son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. The one who went to the cross and the one who was scourged and, and whipped and, and, and arrayed in a crown of thorns and, and slaughtered, silent to the shear, our Lord went. Though everyone turns to their own way, he laid on him, Christ, the iniquity of us all. Right? So when we, when we talk about the love that our Father gives, you know, when you, you know, I'm not a perfect dad, you know, <laughs> trust me, I'm not, right? But you know, my kids, uh, inherently, I think uh, I know they try their best and, and they always want to uh, impress their parents. They, they want to, you know, when they get a good grade, they say, look, mom and dad, look what I got in school. Or, or um, you know, when they did have a certain achievement, they say, look, mom and dad, look what we've done. And I think similarly, it's because of the love that parents show their children that children desire in faith um, in light of this word, to, to uh, joyously love and serve the true Father in the one true God, right? Because we are children of God. And what I mean by that is we are already redeemed. Jesus purchased. Jesus forgiven. Jesus cleansed. Jesus This is who you are. You are a child of God. What does that mean? You are covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Your name is written in the book of life. And this is who you are right now. Like, that is joy. Isn't it? That is peace be with you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because you are 
covered by his blood, the Passover lamb. Now, the third use of the law. How do we see the law? This is very important. Now, the law is good. I love the law. Why do I love the law? Why do I love the third use of the law? Because it shows me how I ought to love God and my neighbor. As, this is a key word, as a child of God. Not as a one who desires to be a child of God, that if I do good enough, if I merit enough, if I'm holy enough, then I'll be a child of God. No, as a child of God, right now, right? Oh, that's a bad pen, right? Nope, that's a bad pen. Right now, you are living the life of forgiveness. You are living the life of the redemption. This is who you are. And out of that great joy, the Father has bestowed upon you through the sending of the Son. We see the third use of the law, right? And that's the key about the third use, is how you hear it. If you hear the law and say, well, I got to do better, I have to do that, we definitely have to go back to the gospel and dwell upon what that means for us in Christ Jesus, what he has done for each and every one of you. Because in his uh, promise, in his gift, his death and resurrection, even in your baptism, and even in the supper that you receive Sunday after Sunday, why is it so important? Because what do we pray in the post-communion collect? We pray uh, that we may have fervent love towards God and fervent love towards one another. We are equipped by this forgiveness to go out and love and serve as children of God. Now, that's very important. The status language is very key in terms of how we proceed in this third use. Because if you're going by the legalistic sense... You're taking Christ and the cross out of the whole equation. You're you're just saying, I got to do this. I got to figure this out. I got to cleanse my conscience. I got to feel that I'm right with God all by what I've done. No, that's not it. And it's so easy to go down that path for each and every one of us. Do you agree? I mean, I agree. (laughs) I guess I agree with myself. I don't know. But the point is, is that it's all about Jesus, right? It's all about what he has done for you. And through that joy... Living the life of eternal significance, knowing that right now my life is on this timeline that never ends to all eternity. There I see the third use of the laws. What a great opportunity this is to love and serve those around me as a child of God. How do I know I'm a child of God? Jesus, baptism, Lord's Supper. All these gifts that God has given to me by his promise. There I go equipped to love and serve. John 15, why don't we turn to this real quick. John 15, 5 to 8. And we just, in church several weeks ago, read this. And you know this, John 15, very famous I am passage. It reads, verse 5 and following, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides or remains in me, and I in him, may know from the Greek, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with Christ, 
as he is the vine and you are the branches. How do you know that? By what he has done for you as a true vine, shedding his life for you. That you are the, the branches, you are the offshoot, you are an extension in a sense of you are connected uh, to Christ. How do you know? By what he has done in your baptism. Again, these are all the things that God has given to you by his grace, free gift, by his word called you out in the holy water and word of holy baptism. And there as a child of God, you go. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with Christ, you can do everything. And that is the guide of the law. from the 1991 Catechism. Third, the law teaches us Christians what we should and should not do to lead a God-pleasing life. The power to live according to the law comes from the gospel. And this is where we really have to be careful. Why are we following the law? You've got to ask yourself that question. Is it to tippy-toe and and get there because I'm not there yet? Is it to appease a terrified conscience saying, you know, it's kind of like this scale, I've done some bad, now I have to do some good and bad and good and let's kind of even it out. I think that'll tip the scales and God will be happy with me. Is that what it is? Because that's not what the law is for. Right? That's not how we view the law. As we talked about all these holy scriptures, we, we cannot, the, the, the law does not justify Romans 3. Right? I'm the vine, you are the branches. You're not abiding in me and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And with me, you will bear much fruit. Right? This is all uh, connected to the gospel, through the gospel. You know, and that is why I think it's so good to talk about the law. And it is good to love and serve. We are called uh, to love and serve our neighbor, right? But it is the motivation to which and the right faithful understanding to which we proceed in that way, right? Because you and me very well know the devil is a master accuser and he's always pointing at us. And what's the great question he says? Have you done enough? And your answer is no, but Christ has and it is finished. And now I'm living in this eternal gift of salvation as I love and serve my neighbor. Do I fall short? Yes. What happens? Third use. Guide. I fall short. Boom. Second use. I see the mirror show, as it shows me my sin through the word of the law. There I what happens? I, I repent. Rest in Christ. And here I go back again. And this is the constant cycle in life. And at the end of the day, where does it all end? Where does it end? Does it end on work? Your work? Does it end on your uh, abiding uh, law measuring stick to God? No, it, it ends on the gospel. It ends on Jesus. At the end of the day, it always ends on the gospel. Right? So third use of the law. Um, a very important part of the law. I think uh, one of the uh, kind of the slippery slope is this. The, the dynamic of the law is this. Some people will say, oh, Jesus Christ died for me. And, and now, um, now uh, you know, uh, no matter what I do, um, all is well. And, um, you know, I, I think on the other side, it's uh, Jesus Christ died for me. But then I have to do all these things to kind of get there or to solidify my space, right? But I, I think for us, it's more of, or for us, it's Jesus Christ died for me. And what a joy it is to serve 
as a child of God, as the third use, leads me as guide to strive, to love and serve. Help me, O Lord, hallowed be thy name. We'll talk about that in the future. Help me, O Lord, to lead a God-pleasing life under your name, right? And that shouldn't be a legalistic thing, right? That's a gospel thing. Like, my perfect father, God, died and sent his, sent his son to die for me. I mean, think about the far-surpassing love that our Lord brings to us. And um, there in that joy, by the fruits of this Holy Spirit, but we bear fruit, right? In Christ, we bear fruit. In Christ, we bear fruit. Not I have to. Not I got to do this. Not a, um, if I don't do this or else. No, it's, it's through the joy of the gospel that we see the law for what it is. The sanctified life. As the Holy Spirit, Apostles' Creed, Article 3, continues to lead us by this very word. As he keeps us in the true faith. And grants to us uh, uh, the joy that is being enlightened by his gifts. And this is really the picture of the law. So... I think it's, it's very important that we see the law correctly. Again, there are so many uh, moments, slippery slopes in the law where people either go this way or that way, um, and we start kind of veering off the wrong path. But when we see the law for what it is, yes, it's quite clear that what a joy it is to serve. But why do we serve? Um, because... Because of what Christ has done for us. I'm the vine, you are the branches together. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? It's in Christ we go. In our baptism we go. In the gospel that we go. And we see a whole different life. Like, for example, you go home, you see your kids. What do you see? Yes, you see kids. But then you go back to the catechism and say, Article 1, Apostles' Creed, God has given me all things, land, animals, all that I have, food and drink, even my wife and children. And you say, God has given me these people to serve. Right? God has prepared these uh, precious children of God to serve and love. Right? And that's not a have to. That's because as a child of God, as I live under his care, he prepares everything for me. He provides all things. And there my opportunities are, are shown to me, are given to me by my Lord. Because I'm always living under his name. Now, are we perfect? No. Do we fall short? Yes. Do we fail to love and serve neighbor? Of course. Second use, repentance. Jesus. Third use. And this is the cycle. And at the end of the day, where does it stop? I feel like we're playing whammy right now. But anyways, stops on Christ. The gospel. You are forgiven of your sins. You are. Yes? You, even for that one, the blood covers all as a price has been paid. So go now in the peace of Christ. All right. I think that'll do it today. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Why don't we close with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your very word. Lord, we know that through all things, you are the one who has forgiven us and given us life in your name. Lord, through the power of the gospel, lead us by your very word to love joyously, to be equipped, to fervently love you and our neighbor. Bless us, O Lord, in this life of faith as your Spirit leads us 
to joyfully live in the gospel that you have freely given to us uh, by your grace. Lord, bless us with this word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, if, if you missed some of this, rewind, go back, look at the diagram, flow it out, take some notes, dig it, eat it, chew it. Not literally. <laughs> but, uh, I'm being silly now. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. All right. Love you all. Pray for you all. And until next time, uh, may God bless you. Thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful day. Adios. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to these Small Catechism Live devotions. We hope this helps you as you continue to grow and study the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us online at faithmoorpark.com.